Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. I'm Heather Carter, um, the founder, the CEO, the person behind Relationship Rescue. And today I'm going to really explain what codependence is in depth. Probably the most in-depth explanation I've ever given. Because codependence is not a nasty word. Codependence is simply a, a learned way of living within a relationship based on your programming. And there's no shame in that. And 90% of the relationships I deal with are codependent relationships. And it's not just one person that is codependent in the relationship. It's two. It takes two people to be codependent with each other. The difference is this, you have one codependent normally that acts in internalizer and one codependent that acts out in externalizer. One that is codependent on the people-pleasing side of codependency and then one that is codependent on the narcissistic side of codependency, taking victimhood. And then obviously you have the codependent with the full-blown narcissist. But if you're in an unhealthy relationship, a toxic relationship, you cannot just say, my partner is codependent. You play a role. We all play a role in these relationships. Years ago, um, I had to really look within at all of my relationships, not just romantic, right? And where is the codependent relationships? Where else are they? And they were all over my life because that was my programming. That was the way I was brought up as a codependent person. And um, I let go of a lot of relationships. Um, I reconfigured a lot of relationships. But the ones I let go of didn't have big blow-ups or um, there was not a lot of drama around it. They just dropped off after you. I start changing. I started changing. Right? Because people don't like a healthier version of you at times. And it doesn't work. So they complain that you're not the same. No, I'm not. I'm not. And I'm never going back to that again. Codependency is like living in hell. And um, so, you know, it's basically that um, we're basically encumbered by the burdens of our past programming. And that past programming turns our relationships into, what, entanglement. And that just brings out and it requires, you know, destructive habits of each participant. It saps the energy. It saps our creativity. And it, it, it basically invades our entire life. And I really want you to understand that... Um, a codependent relationship can start changing even if you have an uncooperative partner, even if, you know, you have no current partner, because all change starts within you, within yourself. And um, what will happen is that when, when, when a powerful change starts occurring in one person in the relationship, the relationship starts to break free from the trap. Because how, how 
um, how how can somebody can how you can't continue to play a game, the game, the drama triangle that I've talked about so many times, you know, where you have the rescuer, a codependent, and the victim, a codependent. Again, remember, one of you is the rescuer, one of you is the codependent, is the victim. One of you is the enabler, one of you is the victim. Or maybe you're not that extreme. You're just both, you know, trying to rescue each other, which is basically what? One is always a rescuer, one's always a victim. And then it turns into the persecutor and... But if you're not on the game board, see, if you're not rescuing somebody, then there's no victim. If you're not acting victimized, then there's no rescuer. Then you're just two human beings as whole people coming together as one. So um, it can, you can break free from it, whether or not your partner comes to the plate. And I don't know how long your other, if your partner will come or they won't, but you will make a decision. Right? So most people come from, you know, I'm not even going to use the word abuse, but dysfunctional families. And we recreate these patterns in our own relationships. Okay. So, but a relationship that is beautiful means it's passionate, it's productive, it's harmonious. Your partners, you feel like the world, it's you two and you can face whatever there is in the world together. Right. It's um, it's a healthy dependency, which is interdependence. So, what I want you to understand is that um, we we all feel this when when we're in these unhealthy relationships. Is that why is love so painful? What are we doing that causes the pain? What are we overlooking? How can we have more love and less pain? And sometimes what happens is we, we become um, very resistant to um, change to when, or we start looking within and we see, oh, well, we're really a big part of this. And then we become stubborn, resistant to learning. And, um, and then we, and then we go back to blaming, right back to blaming the, you know, our partner. So Besides, obviously, the dysfunction that we're born into or, or you know, and the severe abuse, um, the families are full of what? Conflict or avoidance of conflict, one or the other. You're either in it from a family that if, it, if it's dysfunctional, that is full of conflict or avoidance of conflict. Which one did you come from? So... Um, I came from a family that was full of conflicts. Okay, so let's say you came from a full family though that is um, avoidant of conflict. Well, you're going to have to learn how to acknowledge conflict and then learn how to transform it. Because if you're consistently avoiding conflict and running from it, there will never be any harmonious, beautiful love in your relationship. Avoidance is just as bad as as conflict, especially if you're with a person that grew up in a, a family of conflict, you two, oh my gosh, so that's why I have, you know, I've talked about it before. We've, normally I have a pursuer and one in uh, the withdrawer. That's one of the types of relationships. One's pursuing, one's withdrawing. One wants to get into the conflict, one wants to avoid it. 
one wants to get it done and over with but meanwhile their way of being in conflict is completely unhealthy so you know which one did you come in which one were you born into um you know it, it, it's it, it's important see because love is a powerful force and if we don't know how to handle its power guess what we slip right back into painful distortions, such as the conflict and codependence. But here's the thing. It's resistance to love that causes the problems. There's nothing wrong with love. Love is a force that focuses light, guess what, on the deepest and shadowy parts of ourselves. It brings, you know what, to surface the parts of ourselves that we, that we keep trying to keep hidden. And then when those parts are revealed, what do we do? We retreat. Blaming love. So, um, one of the things about codependence is, um, first of all, is that it was first, I'm, I'm sure you, if you don't know this, it's, it's kind of important. It, it was a term that um, was first used, God, who wrote that book? The woman that wrote Codependent No More. I'm sure I have that book around here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Hold on one second. What's her name? Uh, Melody Buddy wrote Codependent No More, and she was one of the first people to um, talk about codependency, and actually, I think she named it, and, um, and it came from um, AA, so what was happening was, um, it was, it was referred to as, you know, a pattern that healers notice time and time again when working with, like, addicted persons. Well, frequently, the addict, the alcoholic, was in a relationship with somebody that supported the addiction and interfered with the treatment. See, what, what happens is this, as often the codependent does not drink. This is, this is when it was first, just like, the term came, okay? And, but, here was the thing. Due to the very deeply flawed internet action patterns, um, the codependent made it basically um, nearly impossible for change, okay? So that addiction was a relationship addiction, plus the addict, the, uh, the alcoholic was addicted to obviously the drink or whatever. Um, so they were, it was flawed. It was a flawed relationship from the beginning. And it's the codependent didn't cause the drinking, but the codependent, the way they were in the relationship with the addict, it made it impossible. And the codependent, their mental health and emotional health just sank, sank, sank deeper, 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 lower, 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 as did the addicts, right? So... Basically, codependence is an agreement between people to stay locked in subconscious patterns. The inner child is in control, right? Okay, so, um, and when you want to be in a committed relationship, you take it and it's now more of a conscious thing. It's a commitment between two people that are conscious, that think before they react, that have taken their belief system that is filled with limiting beliefs and they've updated it and they move from subconscious reactions and patterns to conscious loving thinking 
doing responding patterns. So, you know, the Webster's Dictionary still has not come up with a definition for codependence, right? So, but they do have in, the, if you look in the dictionary, dependent means hanging down, determined by something else, right? Relying on for support, subordinate. So what you have is codependence, right? So there's codependence, you know, that's a lot of the, the attributes, the characteristics of codependency. Um, so we don't have relationships when there's codependence there. It's, it's entanglement and relationships can exist only between two equals. And that is the truth. Inequality is a hallmark for codependency. It's, it's just, it's, it's entanglement with, um, a snare and complication after complication after complication. It's a difficult escape when, when there's people reacting and there's somebody in the relationship, if, even if one heals, that is consistently and constantly reacting and looking for the other one to rescue them. They can't happen. So when you have, when you look within and you clean up your side of the street, okay, which is the most important thing to do, is that you will you will find and you will see that the 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 two inner children at play here when you really look at what's been happening okay so it's it's you're sleepwalking through life just reacting to everything not ever stopping pausing which is what i call pause for the cause there's no pausing there's just reacting never you know thinking so so it's basically like this. If two people have agreed to be in a relationship and be less than their whole, their, multi their problems are multiplied. Right? Two people come into a relationship and limit each other's potential. And then guess what? They end up with less than they had before. And then the relationship is blamed and then they blame each other. And it goes on and on for many years. But it was never the relationship. Okay, it's not the relationship, it's the entanglement that begins with these subconscious and um, moments of reaction, of control, of all of it. So what happens is that the control and approval becomes an addiction for a codependent, right? Um, so it's the control becomes so necessary in order for um, the the codependent to feel what good enough so they rescue takes issues off of their own problems um, to make them feel validated to ensure they won't be abandoned all of those things so when if you can stop centering your life on seeking approval or avoiding disapproval, you're on the right path. You've got to stop seeking approval or avoiding disapproval. You are whole. You are perfect just the way you are. You are not a piece of shit. You are not a piece of garbage. You are not anything other than a person, human being, with a soul within, with an inner guide that we cannot hear their voice because the ego's voice 
desperately seeking validation outside of itself is the main voice. One, stop seeking. This will help you a lot if you can just do your best to stop seeking approval outside of yourself and avoiding disapproval. You know, and control and approval are at the center of these relationships, you know. So, you know, I'm with I'm talking to a couple. Oh, well, what kinds of feelings have you been experiencing this week? She says, I've been feeling confused and depressed. He says, no, you haven't. Or opposite, vice versa. This is very spare and stark in its form, but it's basically, what's he saying to her? What's he saying to her? The experience you are having is the one that I um, I want you to, um, isn't, it's, I don't want you to be having that one, and it's not true. So it, she starts questioning herself. He's controlling our experience, trying to control the experience of what she's having, telling her it's not true, right? And what, 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 where do you think that's going to go? Where's that going to go? Right down the tubes. Right back to ugliness, right? So the drive for approval and to avoid disapproval approval, dominates relationships, right? So before you start, when you, when, you're, when you can't love who you are, that's why self-love has become such a big part of my teachings, of my programs, of working one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, because if you, if, you, if you can't feel good about you, then all your moves are based on trying to get people to like you or to keep them from disliking you. And that leads you to do a lot of things you don't want to do. You know, it's even, people will have sex, even though they don't want to have sex, to make them feel happy. It's basically you're overriding your own feelings to please someone else or keep them from thinking something about you. And it never works. It never, ever works. Ever. You will always end up feeling bad about yourself. You will always feel bad, end up feeling bad that you capitulated with the agreement that I'm a piece of shit so I can make you feel better. Or I'm a piece of shit so I feel validated by you. It will never work. You will never find happiness within that modality of living. It's impossible. You are not other people's mistakes. You are not the rescuer of the world. You are not in charge of of making sure other people are okay. If they can't take care of themselves in some way, that's not on you. A relationship is two people that are whole, that come together. It's not two invalids that become attached at the hip and, and can't have any sort of peace, love, tranquility. That's not what a relationship is, right? So. And what when I what I just described about when we do something to feel either validated, um, you know, to please them or keep them from thinking something bad of us, you always end up creating what you were afraid was going to happen, anyways. Okay, always you don't get the approval, or they do disapprove of you somehow. So it's your your motivations. You're motivated by control and approval instead of from our assets of who we are. And we end up creating the opposite of what we want every single time without fail. It does not fail. It's every single time.
So here's to, I'm going to ask you some questions and I'll, you're, you know, I want you to answer them for yourself. You know, um, in spite of your best efforts, people around you do not change their habits. Yes or no? You have difficulty allowing others to feel their better feelings. If someone feels bad, you rush to make it better because you think it's your fault. You worry about other people's feelings frequently. And most likely you have a person in your life that is demanding that you feel what they're feeling at all times, that you give to them what they need at all times, which then makes your needs less than. And you consistently, constantly do that. You're always trying to make them feel better at the expense of you yourself. Yes or no? You have secrets. There, there are things you have done or not done that you are hiding from another person. This is usually the victim. Constant secrets. Half-truths. All the time. Doesn't change. This, the, you know, now all of these things are you're either yeses or a no. And depending upon your yeses will tell me, and there's another series of questions I ask my clients, but if you are on the narcissistic side of codependency or on the just rescuer side. So um, you do not let yourself feel the full range of feelings. You are out of touch with one or more emotions such as anger, fear, or sadness. Anger is a particular problem for you and you find it hard to admit that you're angry and you have exp problems expressing it to other people. You criticized or get criticized frequently. You have a strong, nagging, internal critic that keeps you feeling bad even in moments when you could be feeling good, which is that inner critic, and normally it's a parental voice. And if you listen to that voice, you're going to hear the voice of a parent or other bullies or whoever criticized you. Past relationships. Um, you try to control other people to get them to feel and be a certain way, and you spend a lot of energy being controlled or avoiding being controlled by others. It's the biggest one. That's one of the biggest ones of codependency. Your arguments recycle. That is another one. The arguments keep recycling. You keep repeating the same patterns over and over. Conflicts are temporarily ended by one person apologizing and promising to do better. And usually the person that has to say I'm sorry and do better is the one that was trying to actually, um, you know, the, they're the ones that are being told they're not receptive enough to the other's needs. Um, in arguments, much energy is spent trying to find out whose fault it is. Both people struggle to prove they're right or they're wrong. See, in this type of a relationship, it's not about who's right or who's wrong. It's about how do we make it better? How can we work through this? It's not you're the jerk, you're the jerk, you're the asshole, you're this. It's how do we make it better? What can I do it's not avoiding the conflict. It's not walking out, then coming back. It's not threatening. It's not that. It is how do we make it better? It's coming together consciously as two whole adults, not a tempered inner child, right? So um, in arguments, you find yourself pleading victim or agreeing that you are at fault. You're either the victim or you're going to say, yes, it's my fault. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. One or the other. And the other is exploiting the other. You frequently agree to do things you do not want to do, feel bad about, but say nothing. Why do you do that? Because most likely you have a rageaholic in your life. And lastly, people seem to not keep their agreements with you. 
basically it's impossible for the the other codependent to, to keep their promises, especially if they're the victim. It's an ugly way to live and it's a way you need to stop. And that is why I am giving you um, all my podcast listeners because my podcast listeners are really ready for healing. I find they've been listening to me for a while. You guys know me. You know what I'm talking about. And I've just released the fall signups registrations for the 2022 um, program of healing, living your, high poten- living your highest potential healing yourself, life, and relationships. Use the code EB50, EB50 for podcast members. It's 50% off the course, limited time. Go to the comment section. The the link is in the comments. I'm sorry, not the comment section. (laughs) The show, whatever, the show notes. So I'm so used to um, LinkedIn. Um, Anyways, so EB50, first 10, then the, then the 50% goes away. I release this program four times a year, fall, winter, spring, summer. The fall program is open. Um, we begin October 2nd, I believe it is, but if you click on the link, it's going to tell you exactly what this course entails. And this will heal codependency. This will heal the inner child. This will change the relationships and you will make a very determined decision by the end of what to do okay if you have any questions you can email me heather at heathercatherinecarter.com and um ask me anything you need to about the program um yeah i hope to see you in there because this is not the way to live and it takes one person one one thank you for tuning in until next time bye-bye